Blog Talk Radio. Hello, good afternoon. It is Wednesday, I think. I'm losing track of the days again. This is Michael, and I am doing a show today from uh, Bowling Green, Ohio, so remote studio out on the road. And we are going to hear a very interesting discussion from Mary Ellen Slater about are you in control or just controlling? And Mary Ellen is the CEO of the content marketing agency RepCap and the publisher of Managing Editor Magazine. She's been writing about the past, present, and future of work for 20 years, including previously as a career columnist for the Washington Post. Mary Ellen, welcome to Drive Through. We're glad to have you. You want to jump into your topic? Yeah, so thanks for having me. So, yeah, so this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately, and it was something that started percolating for me back um, even before the pandemic. But I think as we moved into remote work and I started hearing more and more about people saying that their bosses were requiring them to be on camera so they could watch them, you know, that people who were uh, kind of what I would say nicely control freaks before the pandemic, like, became, like, super-duper next-level control freaks after um, and when they couldn't see people, couldn't see them working, Right. So what I want to talk about is – oh, go ahead. No, I'm, you're good. You sorry. Oh, okay. No, sorry about that. But, yeah, no, so I think there's this idea sometimes, you know, people will say that collaboration, you know, is one of their values. And then the way that they actually – when they say collaboration, what they actually mean is them getting into all of your work. Right. They don't actually mean like in the, the, the true spirit of the word of like it involves trust. Right. It involves I do my work over here and you do your work over here. And like we come together and we ask for feedback and we sort of intersect in this very natural way. But you'll know when you're dealing with one of these this other type of person, whenever it's like they'll say the word collaboration. And what they actually mean is I'm in charge of my work and I'm also in charge of yours. And it doesn't matter where they are on the word chart. Like, because that's how somebody, you know, you, you always know that your boss has the right, you know, is obviously empowered to review your work and give you feedback about your work. But collaborative is the word that your peers or even people, um, you know, sort of more junior to you will use to try to exert control over their work, over your work in addition to theirs. And I think it's such a perversion of the word, uh, but it has become even more widespread, in my opinion, um, as we move into uh, remote work. Um, again, where people are not feeling trusting and they're looking for ways to meddle with other, you know, where, where they feel safe, right? So when you when you feel out of control, you look for places where you can where you can feel in control, and that is often easier to do with other people's stuff than your own, right? It's a way of avoiding doing your own work. And I say this as somebody who observed this in myself, right? Like whenever I would get super anxious. Um, and then I would want to know what was going on. And I would have this sense that I had no idea what was going on around me. And like my first instinct was to jump into these details of other people's work. But, you know, that, that, and, and if I called on it, I was like, I'm just trying to be collaborative. Um, but again, that's not, that's not actually what that word means. And so recognizing that in myself and sort of keeping an eye on it, making sure that I'm, I'm using that word in the true spirit of the way that it's intended. But now once I saw it in myself, now I see it in other people, like just everywhere, where you can tell when someone's feeling really anxious because and feeling out of control because they're attempting to exert this control over other people's stuff. Um, you know, 
and again, when you do this, it was one thing you do it at meetings, you know, it'd be one thing to do it like an in-person stuff. Like it's actually kind of hard to like, you know, insert yourself. Like it, it's like really obvious when you're doing it. Um, but now that we're off-site and we're doing things um, you know, more asynchronously, we're doing things like the project management platforms like Basecamp or Trello or Asana, there's a new way that this can creep in, right? Because if your work is up for review in that sense, it's like what's the, what's to stop somebody from coming by and commenting it? And then my team actually even used to have this, this word for it, and this is one of the things that made me say, oh, I'm not doing this the right way, is they would call it like drive-by base camp. Right, like so, I would drive by base camp. I was guilty of it. Um, other people on my team would also do drive by base camp. And what that means is like it's not your project. You don't have a task assigned for you to work on it. Um, it's really got nothing to do with you. And in fact, you have other stuff you're supposed to be doing, but you're like swinging by just to say, oh, hey, I don't really like this headline. Have you thought about doing it like this over something that's really none of your business? <laughs> like, <laughs> Right, or you're not really, or it's incomplete work, and you're just like people, it makes people reluctant to share their work in progress when you do that. So, again, it was also a recognition on my part that I was doing it, and then now I see other people doing it. So, you know, if, if you find yourself doing this and you want to try to break that habit, um, you know, there's a few things you can ask yourself you know, to figure out if you are, in fact, in control or if you're just being controlling um, you know, and the first question I would ask is, um, am I actually adding value in what I'm about to say and do? And I mean, be hard on yourself about this question, because the value cannot just be it makes me feel good to comment on somebody else's work. I get it. I get it. That's real. Um, but are you actually adding value, whether you have officially a step in the project or you're just sticking your nose in there? Is what you're about to do actually going to make the project better? Is it going to make it go faster? Is it going to make it? Ha is, are you actually adding, you know, something to the value of the business for yourself, your clients, or somebody? So, you know, if you're not being controlling and you need to go find something else to do, all right. And along those lines, there's something else to do. The second question you should ask yourself is: Is there something else that I should be doing right now? And I find that in that case, um, there's something else that they should be doing. A lot of times you're driven to this meddling because you're avoiding the thing that you're supposed to be doing. So if there is some other higher value activity, something that is that you're supposed to be working on that only you can do or that you can do the best, and instead of doing that thing, you're over here making comments about other people's work or editing people's work. I mean, in my world, it's mostly it's like editing people's writing. Like you can just edit things into a spiral. And I think the third question that I would say to ask yourself, too, is like, and this is especially if you're a leader, um, you know, and sometimes things do have high stakes, you know, you don't want to let anything catastrophic happen. But you also do, again, you're just, if you're just poking around just to change things, like little minor things that don't, you know, really affect the big picture, like, again, you're wasting time. So, and you could damage your relationships with people because they get tired of it eventually. So the third question that you should ask yourself is, what happens if I do or say nothing? Like, if I don't say anything and I don't do anything, like, what is the actual consequence? Like, the real consequence. And the consequence is not, well, if I don't edit this, then we have this minor grammatical error go out in an email. Like, that's not it. It's like, do you lose customers? Do the customers lose customers? Does somebody lose their job? 
Like, right? Like, so those are the sort of things, like, if the answer to that is no, that there's nothing that really happens, that's something you can't fix, then again, you're just being controlling, right? So, I mean, it's really, you know, and I don't mean that in, like, I keep saying pointing to myself here because I don't think that it's, it's something that we all do, right? You want to be in control. And if you can't control certain things, you look for something else. Um, but, you know, it's, it still can damage your relationships, and it actually makes the work worse. Like, you can seriously impede the work product. And, and I find that this is also one of the biggest things that keeps people from moving into an agile way of working. Because if you're in an environment where everyone else is doing this kind of controlling behavior to each other, it slows you down. You think one person doing this is not a big deal. Two people doing it to each other, maybe one out of revenge for the other one. Okay, this is annoying, and it just looks like office politics, you know, and bullshit. Once you start getting whole teams doing it, whole departments, like the whole companies, like it spreads like wildfire. And what you will eventually develop is a culture in which people can say, you've got lots of people who can say no to something. Lots of people who can tell you what's wrong with something. Lots of people that can tell you why you shouldn't do something. What you don't have is anybody empowered to say yes. Anybody empowered to say absolutely, like this is a great idea, like let's do it, let's try it. You know, that, that is the culture. Like you, you think this is a little thing, um, but that is actually what, what creates that culture of flexibility and agility and a willingness to experiment and take chances. Because, again, if everybody's controlling and everybody's – it's really like a CYA thing, nobody wants to stick their neck out. Like once that has taken hold inside your organization, this idea that, you know, well, I'll never get fired for saying no. I'll never get fired for flagging the mistake. I could get fired for not flagging it. So as a leader – now, if you look out at your organization and you see this happening, that's the point where you need to ask yourself, you know, a different sort of question, which is, you know, what am I doing that is making everyone so scared, right? Like, why are they so terrified that, you know, something might go out, might be wrong, these little bitty things, and it's, they're like sitting around focusing on, on this kind of stuff? Because there's a good chance that despite whatever – platitudes you might say or there might be your corporate mission and values about experimentation and agility, you know, that sort of thing. There are probably a number of instances that people can point to and tell you stories about times when people were fired over either you know, doing things like this or not stopping them when their coworkers did. That rarely develops in a vacuum. So if I'm the leader in an organization like that, I step back and I say, okay, I've got this controlling culture instead of this collaborative culture that I want to have. And how do I look at my whole organization and I say, okay, let's look at the structure of this organization. Let's look at who's involved in projects, not just a person making a decision in a moment, but like overall. And I ask yourself, does this part of the process add value, right? Does this, does this team add value? Like does having them involved in this add value? You know, you ask yourself, you know, what, what, you know, what happens if I don't have this function? Like if we removed this job or we removed this step or we removed these things, like what is the real world consequence? And, 
you know, as much as nervous as it might make people, like what you might find is that these layers of things, like this is looking at the role, again, not the person. The first part we were thinking about our own personal traits, but here we're talking about the actual structure of the organization. And what you might find that you do is you remove certain parts of the process and you remove certain parts of the organizational structure. You free those people up so that instead of going around and, like, covering their asses, right, and feeling like and having to be no people to protect themselves, they become the people who can say yes. They become the people who can move something forward. They become, they get a bias towards action again. And that's how you lift those people out. And it's, you know, it's one of the great ironies of all this is that if you really do want to be collaborative and you really do want to be in control, you have to let go of control. You actually have to let it go. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mary Ellen. Great. I... <laughs> Thank you Do you agree or disagree? <laughs> I agree. I was just about to say before the music came on that that is some fantastic advice for those of us that are trying to manage or lead people in these challenging times because we're all learning a lot of new stuff. I appreciate you being are part you, of our What about you? Are today. you controlling? Are you controlling? Or are you in control? It, it, it depends. <laughs> I like to be in control without being controlling, but that's not what, that's not how the format of this show works. So and this is a chat for another day. Thanks for doing the thanks for doing this snackable HR episode. Tell our listeners uh, where they can find you, Mary Ellen. Sure. So you can find me over at managingeditor.com. That is the brand magazine that I am currently serving as the publisher of. And you can also find me at repcapitalmedia.com, which is our content agency. And I, I try not to be too controlling of either site, but, you know, we'll see how, <laughs> how that goes. But, but we know better. No, thank, no, seriously, thanks for being part oh, of this, yeah. Marilyn. We're working towards <laughs> our 1500th show. And we have about just about a week to go, so we uh, we, are, we appreciate you being here, and I'm going to go ahead and end the episode. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. Bye. You're welcome. Bye.